Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Courtney and I'm super pumped to get on here today. I am a NASM certified personal trainer and nutritionist, wellness coach, all of the things, very excited. Um, so one of my uh, goals as a coach is to educate. My biggest passion is definitely teaching. And I'm really excited to talk about this more today because I've been wanting to start a educational video series that will be repurposed for my podcast. So whether you are watching this on YouTube, listening on my podcast, Encourage, Motivate, Inspire, or just seeing a replay that's been posted on social media, welcome. Um, so I have been in the industry for what seems like a really long time, even though officially it has been a little over a year. I um, have been very, very well adapted with coaching, with being coached as an athlete, and now getting into this, um, you know, for a couple of years now, as I said, just from trying to live a healthier and happier life myself. And that's what's really driven me to become a coach is I want everyone to realize this is how easy it is to feel good. Um, just really experience life from a happier and healthier standpoint and realizing that it isn't as difficult as it needs, uh, not as it needs to be or as it seems, right? There's so much misinformation out there. Um, people who do not have the formal education to back some of the claims that they are making on social media, you know, be wary um, of some of those fitfluencers, be wary of some of those companies that pop up trying to sell you or individuals trying to sell you on some quick fix that is a bunch of bullshit. Um, I am definitely someone you can come to if you need someone to bounce ideas off of when it comes to, is this something I should be listening to? Is this a credible source? How do I know if this article is legit or not? Um, I just want to, like I said, be that resource for people and realize that getting healthy, being happy doesn't have to come at some astronomical cost to you. It just really depends on who are you listening to? Who are you buying into? And what do you want that journey to look like? So I focus uh, very heavily on mental health with my girls and something that doesn't necessarily get thought about or necessarily explained in the best way when it comes to coaching is there is a big mental health component to it. What we don't think about all the time is, okay, well, as our body changes, as we get healthier and happier, we would think that our mental health would improve. I'm not saying that it won't, but it's the journey of realizing that it's not all linear. Sometimes we won't, you know, see the scale drop, you know, pound over pound over pound. Sometimes it's going to go up. Sometimes it's going to go down. And remembering that life is meant to be lived in between our goals. There's going to be days where we're out of town. There's going to be days where, um, you know, maybe we're celebrating an event. Uh, maybe we are sick. I've been sick the last week and a half and I just haven't felt myself. My appetite hasn't been where it's at. I've been trying to get some activity in. It's hard, right? So a lot of people go in with this mindset that they have to be perfect, that it's an all or nothing approach. And that's what really gets to our minds, right? Is, well, I'm motivated as hell now. So if I'm not doing all these things consistently or every single day, that first day that things fall off, well, now you feel like you failed, right? And the more that cycle repeats itself, the more prone you are to trying to find that next quick fix. And we have to remember that if we bought into something and it didn't work the first time, the second time, the 10th time, you know, why the fuck are you going to do it again? It's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's not that you have failed doing something because you didn't fail, okay? Stuff that doesn't set you up for success and sustainability really is what's setting you up for failure, okay? It's not you. It really isn't you. Sometimes maybe we need to take a deeper dive and look a little bit more at, 
you know, <clears throat> are you keeping yourself in a state of mind where you can be successful? And it all comes down to mindset. So I figured that this first video uh, in the series would be really important to just kind of introduce myself, but also on the importance of mental health on this journey. Um, I have quite the vast mental health background for better, or for worse, and getting to where I am today hasn't been easy. And I have shared a good amount of this on social media. I am very transparent. Um, I want to be authentic. I want to be someone who people can trust, people can turn to, people can feel like, okay, she's actually trying to help versus, you know, just someone else on social media making noise, saying all the same things as everyone else. So my mental health journey um, definitely started at a young age before, you know, mental health was really spoke about, before I even understood what mental health was, before I even knew how certain things were affecting me. I, I had no idea. But what I do know is that I struggled a lot. I struggled in school. I struggled with relationships. Um, I definitely could look back at times and realize how bad I was struggling in one area or the next. And the longer that you go through something with mental health before, um, you know, someone else is validating you that, you know, something is wrong or that it's okay for you to feel that way, the more isolated you feel, the more you kind of feel like stuck, right? And we've all felt stuck. We've all been in that, uh, in a season of life, you know, maybe once, twice, multiple times where we just kind of feel like what the hell's going on. And I think that it's really important to be able to have these conversations because there's so many people who feel like they can't have these conversations with anyone else, right? You probably know whether it's yourself or friends who have gone through stuff and they want to talk about it, but they don't know who to talk with, right? So it's kind of like you have something go on. You feel like you don't really have anyone you can talk to or trust, but you know that if you talk about it, you're going to feel better. Well, there's a lot of people out there, again, who don't feel like they have the right support or the right people in their corner to have these conversations. And the more we internalize and isolate, the worse it becomes. You know, we need to be able to have these conversations to help us process, to help us get out of our head, to help us heal. And when we're unable to do so, what it does is it forces us to you know, suppress these feelings and emotions until it gets to the point where at some point we're going to burst, right? Or, you know, something's going to happen and our mental health is going to tank and we're going to feel even more isolated and alone. And that cycle just keeps, keeps clawing at you, right? You feel like you're being pulled further down when in reality, if you felt like you were in a safe space to have these conversations, regardless of what has triggered your mental health, it's going to make a hell of a difference. So I definitely have experienced that in multiple seasons of life, um, whether I thought I was healthy or not, there's definitely a direct correlation between your physical health and your mental health and your emotional health, of course. So it really took me going through some difficult times where I felt like I was purposeless. Um, I feel like I lost my identity. I feel as if I really had no idea who I was, what I wanted to do with life. I knew that I had strengths and I knew I had a lot of weaknesses and I just kind of felt like I could help anyone but myself. And despite that, and again, recognizing where I was at, I kind of feel like I was just going through the motions. I felt like, okay, maybe some days were better than others, but I don't truly feel like I was living my best self. 
And when I think about that, and again, saying that it correlates with physical health, I can look back and realize just how unhealthy I was in those different states. And when I say that physical and mental health go together, we have to remember the brain and body are connected, right? Like, it's not like we're two different things. It's not like your mental health is unconnected from your physical health. So the healthy you healthier you are physically, whether you're working out and exercising, maybe you're staying hydrated, you are managing your stress, you're managing your sleep, um, you're focusing on eating food that is going to make you feel fueled, that it's going to fight inflammation. All of these different things that we can do to make ourselves feel better mentally, not only extrinsically, but intrinsically, right? So if we do something that makes us feel good, we feel more motivated to do so. Now, if we have validation from external sources, we're going to feel more motivated to continue to do that. As an example, the healthier I became physically, you know, taking care of exercising, good nutrition, hydration, managing stress, and getting enough sleep, I felt on top of the world. And I knew that if I do those things consistently, I can feel good all the time. Now, does that mean that certain things aren't going to happen and bring me down? Life happens, right? Stuff happens that's good stuff happens that's bad we have to give ourselves grace but I knew that if I pushed myself to create these habits that eventually I was going to be on autopilot I wouldn't have to think about it it would be like of course eating healthy is part of my day-to-day of course you know drinking my water means I'm not going to have migraines and it means I'm going to feel more awake and energized all of these little things they compound over time So what I like to talk to my girls about is if you feel like you're not in the best spot with your mental health, let's, let's, you know, take a snapshot. Uh, And that's what we do with our weekly check-ins that I do with all of them. But we take a snapshot, we stop and we think about, okay, what were the highs and the lows of last week? What was our nutrition like? Did we exercise? Did we drink our water? Did we manage our stress? Did we get enough sleep? And so when you can see that direct correlation between taking care of yourself physically and how you feel mentally, it pushes you to make these changes and nothing changes if nothing changes, right? How many of us have this ideal life that we can visualize that we see, but we feel like we're never going to have it? Probably all of us, if not multiple times in your life, you can see where you want to be, but you're in a different place and you're trying to figure out how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. And it takes getting uncomfortable. You have to do something differently. And how many times have you thought about all the things you're going to need to do to have that ideal life that maybe you just don't want to do? Well, why don't you want to do it? Why isn't your health a priority? Because of course, when you start this journey, it's lifelong. I tell my girls all the time, sure, we have short-term goals, but we have long-term goals. You're not going to snap your fingers. You know, there's no such thing as Amazon Prime. I talk about that all the time when it comes to our health goals. You're not just going to snap your fingers, have overnight delivery of losing, you know, 50 pounds. You're not going to snap your fingers and automatically be sleeping better. You're not going to snap your fingers and magically be able to lift more weight and, you know, run around with your kids, keep up with your kids. If you're someone who's a little older uh, in later generations, be more mobile, be able to walk without pain. Um, All these different things, again, they come back down to What are you willing to do and what aren't you willing to do? And if you aren't willing to do something, you have to look internally and be like, what about doing that action triggers you to the point where you rather do nothing, right? That's hard to think about. How many times have we all been in a place where we know what we need to do, but the thought of doing so is so daunting that we rather just accept where we are. Change is uncomfortable, you know? 
I always like to tell people you are in some sort of pain, whether it's mental, physical, or emotional. When my women come to me and decide they want to make a change, I was that person too. So being unhealthy, unhappy, whatever else you want to throw in there is painful, but change often feels painful, right? It feels hard. You've heard it before. You have to choose your heart. Do you want to stay where you are or do you want to finally get to where you want to be? Because the time's going to pass anyway. And I know everyone's heard that, right? In five years, the time's going to pass. Would you rather look back five years from now and realize you didn't do any of the stuff that you knew you needed to do? Or do you want to look back in five years and be like, I wish I would have started sooner? Because again, the time passes anyway. And there's things that you can do now that are going to make you feel better. But I think a lot of people sit down and they realize, okay, here are the things I need to change. And that list adds up and all of a sudden we feel overwhelmed and we're like, never mind. But how many times have you sat and thought about that exact same thing and you know what you should be doing, but something is holding you back. When that comes up with my girls, I like to say like the onion effect, right? We're peeling back the layers. We're asking ourselves why. We're getting to the root cause. We're getting to the root cause mentally. I focus on root cause nutrition with all of my girls Um, all of the people that I speak with, all of the people who are tuned in on my social media, all the people that I actually get to teach in person, I take that root cause approach, right? If you have a list of symptoms and you go to the doctor, nine times out of 10, they're going to hear those buzzwords, those symptoms, and they're going to prescribe you with a medication, or they're going to try and give you some sort of band-aid instead of a lifestyle change. And that's what I focus on is the lifestyle change. Wouldn't you rather accept that you have a list of symptoms and change certain things about your life to eliminate those systems so you don't have to depend on anything? Or would you rather accept those list of symptoms, have some sort of extra medication that you're paying for, have some sort of Band-Aid in one way or another that you're, you're paying for and live with that instead of realizing, oh, well, we can dig deeper and figure out why it's going on and treat that. That's what I like to focus on, whether they're a nutrition client, whether they're a personal training client, right? If you want to grow muscles, you have to target those muscles. You can't just willy-nilly go through it and you know hope for the best, right? Same thing with nutrition. If we want to eliminate inflammation, we're not going to keep eating inflammatory foods. If we have skin issues, we're going to look at what could be causing it. You know, It's what you're putting in your body, but it's just as much what are you putting on your body, Right? So root cause. So if you are feeling stuck, that you're in your own way, you feel like your mental health is getting the best of you, we need to ask ourselves why, okay? For example, when it came to me trying to figure all this out, I had to think about why did I want to make a change? For me, I wanted to look better. I had major body dysmorphia. I was an athlete, as I've shared with you, way back in my day. But I remember what it looked like. I remember what I looked like when I was my healthiest self. Granted, I always remind my women, we shouldn't want to look how we did in high school because we were literally like prepubescent teens and we are grown ass women now. So naturally, as we age, we're not going to look like that. That doesn't mean you can't figure out what your healthiest and happiest version of you is at 30, at 40, at 50, whatever that is point is, is I remember what it felt like and what I looked like to be healthy in that stage of life. 
as I aged, I do not feel that I have achieved that level of health or happiness until I started this journey. Now, I am going to be 28 in January, and I started this process two years ago. Yeah, two-ish years ago. And, of course, I wish I would have started sooner, but I do very, very, very much believe that our paths get us to where we need to be one way or another. And had certain things not happened, I might not have started all of this yet. I might still be a wedding planner and stressed as hell and neglecting my mental, physical, and emotional health because I had way too much going on. And I felt that I had to be all the things to all the people and it took a toll on me. It did. And at the end of my 2019 season, um, you know, the lovely COVID was a rumor and then COVID happened and beginning of 2020, I was coming up on my 25th birthday. So quarter life crisis, naturally, I realized I didn't have a business anymore because events and weddings aren't happening. I realized I had to make a resume for the first time since I graduated college in 2017. I realized I had to start applying for jobs and I didn't even know what the hell I wanted to do. And all of that compounded. So I knew I needed to get healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally, but I just, it, I couldn't. And I hit rock bottom and shit got bad. <laughs> Uh, if you know, you know, right? <laughs> and it really was eye-opening. <laughs> Excuse me, I hate being sick. Yeah. Anyway, it was really eye-opening for me to realize I knew I needed to make changes, but it wasn't until I hit that rock bottom stage that I was like, okay, it's time. And so for me, what was holding me back? Sometimes it's hard for me to pinpoint, but I think I was more afraid of what happens when I actually feel good and when I'm successful versus staying stuck. I think a lot of people are actually really afraid of success. When I talk with my women, a lot of times they're not so fearful about having to start something new. They're not fearful of what it means to go to the gym, right? They're excited to go to the gym. They're excited to exercise. They're excited that they're sleeping more. But I think sometimes we all get in our own head of, oh, well, what will my life look like when I reach that goal? Or what will my life look like when I actually am getting the proper amount of sleep, right? What will our lives look like when we actually feel good? And it all goes back to mental health because a lot of times if we are telling ourselves we can't do something, well, the physical is not going to follow, right? And the mental is not going to follow by using the physical as a band-aid. A lot of times I always tell my girls, you're never going to regret a workout, even if it's not your best workout, right? It's releasing endorphins. It's hopefully helping you manage stress. It's going to help you sleep better. Um, it'll help with digestion, all of that. And it mentally makes you feel good. But there's also such a thing as using the physical as a band-aid where we're running ourselves ragged and into the ground because we're not processing or thinking through what we're struggling with mentally right? You've probably been there. What is something that you do or indulge in, binge eating perhaps, that preoccupies your mind away from the actual problem, right? We need to process the actual problem. So we identify that problem by asking ourselves why. Why, why, why are we putting ourselves in this position? What do we need to change? And maybe it's not all just you. Maybe it's your environment, right? Maybe it's your relationships, your uh, professional life. Maybe it's the physical location that you are in. There's so many things to consider. But if we're not having these conversations with ourselves, if we're not, you know, seeking professional, you know, 
intervention, you know, it's great to have friends. It's great to have family and talk through this, but sometimes there's a difference of someone giving their opinion versus someone who professionally can help you work through something in an unbiased way that is going to help you realize things that maybe you wouldn't realize just by talking with a friend. So we have to look at these things as this is not punishment for not being able to figure it out on your own. Instead, this is saving you time and money in the end of the day because you are understanding that you are stronger with someone else guiding you saving again you time and money and helping you work through these hard things than you are individually trying to spin your wheels figuring this stuff out. So that's what I really realized was I need to start studying this stuff. One, because I love, love, love the human body. When my days of an athlete left me, I was diagnosed with a genetic disorder. Very complex stuff, very scary stuff. And it always intrigued me to learn more about it. However, I shared with you briefly, I was not the best student. I wasn't. I tried really hard, but I freaking sucked when it came to taking tests. I had crippling uh, test-taking anxiety. Um, Maybe stories to come of that later, but I had issues. I, I really did. I almost feel like I have to share this now. So Junior year ACT, right? I went to school in Illinois, so I realized not everyone took the ACT. There was a lot of stress and pressure on that because obviously that dictated, you know, where you can apply to school. At that time, I didn't even know if I wanted to go to college because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do because all I did know that I wanted to do was if I was going to college, I wanted it to be on an athletic scholarship. I wanted to be an athlete. And that wasn't going to happen anymore. So I felt like I was just going through the motions with school. And kept putting all this pressure on myself to be the best, right? Be the best at everything and do well and just be that model person that I needed to be. And when I look back at that, I just wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be looked at as she's got her shit together or Courtney is someone I can rely on because she does the things that I want to do. Whatever that looked like, I just wanted to feel accomplished. That's probably the best way to look at it. And I would take the practice ACT and I would always get the same score, 23. I suck at math, suck at math. Pretty sure when I actually did the ACT, I got like a 19 in math, Um, whatever, could be worse. And anyway, so I'm sitting to take the ACT and they put all the stress and pressure, right? You like can't breathe. Like I, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe in there, right? You like all these things that you just can't do. Otherwise it messes everyone else up. Y'all have to retake it. You could get in so much trouble. It's like, it's a fucking standardized test. A standardized test should not dictate my abilities, right? You would think. So I was psyching myself out. I felt like I kept rereading and rereading and rereading and time was passing and I couldn't comprehend anything. I was starting to work myself up into a panic attack. I was sweating, felt cold, clammy. I couldn't breathe. I was hyperventilating. I literally against better judgment, right? You can't talk but I knew something was wrong. And I said, something's not right. And like passed out. I don't really remember specifics of much of what happened besides the fact that I had to take the ACT over again. And guess what? I took the ACT over again, got a 23. I was like, all right, I am destined to get a 23 on this damn thing. And that's what sparked all of my test taking anxiety. Every single test I have taken since that ACT, my junior year, of high school. I don't even remember what year that would have been. doesn't matter. I have not been able 
despite my level of knowledge and comprehension, been able to take a test without freaking the fuck out first. <laughs> so that affects your mental health, right? And that stays with you. So that fear of failure, because that's what the root cause was. I was afraid of failing, um, stayed with me and it still stays with me. So when I realize I'm holding myself back, sometimes it's, of course, like, okay, well, what happens if it goes well? Like what happens if you do pass? What happens if you do accomplish that goal or set out to do what you want to do? But it's not only that, it's, well, what happens if you fail? right? How relatable is that? I'm not bullshitting this story. I literally cannot take a test without freaking out. But how relatable is that? We are afraid of failure. So instead of moving forward, we rather sit in comfort or discomfort. A lot of us are sitting in discomfort because we're still afraid of failure. But we rather sit where we are, complacent, maybe unhappy, knowing you're unhealthy, And instead of moving forward because you're afraid of failing, you're actually sitting in the same place and perhaps you're engaging in all the activities that you know are making it worse that you need to stop. But you're afraid of what happens if I actually make these changes? What happens if it's a little difficult? What happens if it's actually not that hard at all, right? So I think that's so important to remember is the brain and body are connected. Again, your mental health dictates your physical health. Your physical health helps with your mental health. And as a coach, that's something that I help my girls with daily, if not multiple times a day. Yes, I'm checking in with them formally, weekly. They're filling out a form. They're letting me know what's going on. They're updating their body stats. They're letting me know uh, if they're struggling with anything, if there's any abnormalities. And I record a video very similar to this and send back to them. And we talk through these things. We talk through the tough stuff because it's not always going to look, again, linear. You don't start somewhere and, oh, everything just continues to go, right? That would be awesome, but life freaking happens. And so we need to learn to adapt, right? We need to learn to realize that just because we're afraid of starting something doesn't mean we have to just not do it. Because again, I much rather look back in five years, be like, I'm proud of that that girl tried talking about myself, but also proud of my clients that that she tried instead of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and beating herself up because she was holding herself back from just taking that first step, right? Everyone always says that first step is the hardest. Well, yeah, (laughs) excuse me. It's hard for a lot of people. It was hard for me because I was like, okay, well, if I'm trying to figure this out, I know I need to be really looking at nutrition because I wasn't fueling myself the way I needed to. And that's a scary step, right? Like, oh, I need to learn about something. And I think a lot of us, especially in this day and age of education being free, right? When I say free education, there's not much that you can't learn on YouTube or on social media of sorts. Now, granted, be weary of the source of that information. But if you're willing to learn, there's a lot of avenues that you can go down to learn. And there's people who have spent time and money to understand their craft to be able to teach. A lot of people ask me, Courtney, would you ever go back to school to teach? Or Courtney, would you ever teach? Sorry. And my answer is no, I'd have to go back to school to be able to teach because having a BSBA um, does not qualify me to be a teacher in a formal education setting. And I don't want to teach formal education. I want people to 
want to learn this stuff because they're generally interested versus it's a class that they have to take. I don't want people to have to, and I, and I, I get that professors could kind of do their thing, but the way that I like learning and the way that I want people to learn is application. I want them to be curious enough to, to be interested to learn something, but then I want them to apply it. I don't want people to just be like, oh yeah, I listened to this and okay, cool. No, you need to be able to apply it, right? Anything you learn in life, if you don't know how to apply it, are you really understanding something? And that's a big part of the fitness and nutrition journey is I could talk to you all day long about here's what you should do. Here's a good thing to do. But if you don't apply it, if you don't do the work, as I say, nothing's changing, right? I can give my girls all the tools and resources possible, but if they're not doing the work, we got to talk through that, right? We got to talk through, okay, well, why are you holding yourself back? Or why are you not doing the work? Because there's some sort of mental roadblock that we need to break down together, I am not the coach that quits on people, right? There's a lot of coaches out there that if you're not doing the work, get the fuck out. I'm not that person. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's talk through it. Let's work through it. And if at the end of the day, you decide this just isn't the program for you or it's the wrong time or whatever that is, okay. But I'm not going to let you give up without a conversation basically of what's going on. What can we do differently? What do you need? Like, what are your needs? Are your needs being met outside of our coaching program, right? We all have these needs. And when these basic needs aren't met, and when we're not giving ourselves what we know we need, our mental health tanks. And the further down your mental health goes, the harder it is to dig yourself out. So this kind of took a different direction than I was really planning on. Uh, if any of you guys know me, when I record a podcast in general, I go back and listen to it because I'm like, what the hell did I even talk about? Um, I just get this like motivation to speak about something and then I just kind of like ramble and then I'm like, oh yeah, that was helpful. Um, or, oh, I can learn something from that or, oh court. Yeah. Like note to self. But basically the whole foundation of this conversation is I want you to have action steps. I want you to take something away from these talks. If you're, again, if you're joining in on the podcast or if you're listening, um, cause you're watching on YouTube or Maybe I posted the link somewhere and you're curious enough and here you are. Um, I want you to have action steps. So if you're in a position where you feel like you're struggling with your mental health, granted when you're struggling, it's really hard to have the energy or the mental capacity to do like anything. Um, and I promise you, I get that full force. Um, so if you feel like you can muster up the energy because you know you really, really need to get out of this. And you really, really know that you know what it feels like to feel good. And right now you just don't. I want you to think about a couple things, okay? So I want you to think or write. I'm a writer. I love writing. And I highly recommend writing shit down. Because once it's on paper, it's out of your head. You can let it go. You've thought through it. You don't have to keep overthinking. You don't have to keep wasting your mental capacity for driving yourself insane. Um, again, I am a walking, talking billboard of driving yourself insane. And I just want you to think about why do you feel stuck? What right now makes you feel so stuck that it's hard for you to get yourself out of it? All right. Why do you feel stuck? Well, you're going to answer that question and you're going to write out or type out or verbally speak out, whatever that is. And I want you to continue to ask yourself why. Why do you feel stuck? Okay, whatever your answer is to why do you feel stuck? Well, why do you feel that way? Or why is that happening? Or 
You just, you just keep going until you get to that root cause, right? Because if we can figure out the root cause, we can address that root cause. So I'll give you an example. All right. So back to me, I suppose. I almost don't like using myself as an example. I, it's, it's whatever. So when my mental health was shit, why did I feel stuck? I felt stuck because I didn't know how to help myself. Can anyone relate to that? Okay. So then what do you do? Why do I feel like I couldn't help myself? I felt like I couldn't help myself because I could hardly have energy to get through the day. So it was hard to try and help myself. Okay. Well, why did I hardly have enough energy to get through the day? Well, I was not eating well. I was either not eating or eating too much of all of the wrong things. Um, or I wasn't sleeping because I couldn't turn my brain off. Or I just, again, like wasn't even drinking water. Okay, well, why was I allowing myself to eat like shit or not eat at all? To, you know, not drink or not drink at all? Or why was I allowing myself to sleep like shit, right? Now, sleep is a complex one, but bear with me here. So why was I doing all those things? Well, I honestly didn't know how much I should be eating. And because I didn't know how much I should be eating to help myself, I just kind of ate whatever the hell I wanted whenever and hoped it would balance itself out. I allowed myself to sleep like shit because I was not willing to figure out ways to sleep better. Um, I just accepted it. Um, and what was my other one? Hydration, mix of all that. I just didn't realize how good I'd feel about it. Okay. So like why of all of that? Well, I, you get the point. You just keep, keep going until it gets hard to answer why, because eventually you're going to get to that root cause and you're gonna be like, okay, here's what I need to focus on. Or when I start feeling that way, I remember what triggered it or what triggers do you have? Maybe it's not just one thing. For me, because I've been through such extremes, highs and lows, I'm diagnosed bipolar and I've gone through some shit to basically be at that level that if I have a down day, right? Like shit happens, stuff happens and it's going to make you sad. It's going to make you mad. You're going to feel frustrated. You're not going to feel like your best self. When I have days like that, my trigger or my like cycle ending self to get me out of that is I remember how low I felt when I said I like lost my shit in 2020. I remember how it felt to not sleep. I remember how it felt to not eat. I remember how it felt to just want to cry all day. I remember how it felt to not even be able to get out of bed and shower. I don't want to let myself get back to that low. I don't. I don't. It scares the shit out of me to think about allowing myself to get back to that. Just like when I have days where I'm feeling really good, right? Feeling really good. I'm feeling really energized. For those of you who know me, I'm high energy pretty much all the time. If I'm not, then you can kind of be like, hey, what's up with court? But I also allow myself to have time to relax so that when I am feeling good, I'm not overexerting. Okay, so obviously there's lots of memes and jokes about bipolar, always has been. For people who actually do suffer from bipolar disorder, uh, there's such a thing called mania, right? There's different triggers that can send someone into that. 
And so I never want to get to the point where I'm overexerting because now I'm not sleeping again. I'm so amped up and so wired that I'm not thinking straight. And maybe it becomes really easy to do and say dumb shit because you're just up. You're just up. And um, I don't like feeling like that because I don't feel in control. Um, I don't like feeling like that because I don't like being impulsive. And I don't like feeling like that because I like, yeah, I don't want to be impulsive. And I like my control. When you're impulsive, are you really in control? Not so much. So I guess th those are my two things. So it's kind of being self-aware. It's not kind of being, it is being self-aware. What triggers you? What makes you feel good? What doesn't make you feel good? Think of that time where you felt really low so that when you do start feeling low, you can pull yourself right out of it, right? It's getting cold out. It's Ohio. It's the Midwest. It's October, almost November. The weather kind of here sucks. And when I say kind of sucks, I mean, Ohio is not the best state to be in, right? I'm kind of over the Midwest and have been. Um, but that's where I am. So we have to make the best of it. And as the weather gets shitty, uh, as we all kind of start to fear what's called seasonal depression, uh, the stress of the holidays, all of that stuff, we have to find ways to really take care of our mental health. And it's so easy to not take care of our mental health, but we have to realize, do you want to feel that way or not? All right. So I want that to be a takeaway. Really think about what makes you feel good. What doesn't make you feel good? What makes you triggered? And what are the things that you're telling yourself you can't do? And why are you telling yourself you can't do them? Because you have to remember, like I said, life is meant to be lived during you know, between your goals and time is going to pass anyway. So who do you want to be and why? What do you want your life to look like and why? What do you need to change right now to get there? And remember that it starts and ends with you. All right. So I hope this was helpful. I'm really excited to do more of these. So depending on where you're watching, um, you know, get a hold of me if there's a topic you want me to talk about. I am on Instagram at Courtney Noel Fit. That's Courtney with a C. Noel N-O-E-L-L-E fit. You can find my um my podcast. It's pretty cool. Uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube or anywhere else, my podcast is Encourage, Motivate, Inspire. That is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, very heavy on mental health, personal development. I'll be sharing more of the audio from these uh conversations on there too. Uh, there will be more conversations on the nutritional side of things and just other things that you can do to overall feel good. Um, I am on Facebook as well. I do have a group on there, the Empowered Women um, Mental and Physical Wellness Community. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of women who are on the same journey as you, who just want to feel their best self. Uh, we have conversations about different topics like this, uh, lots of motivational quotes. Um, and yeah, we just have different things going on to help you feel your best self. I have lots of exciting announcements coming up in regard to the coaching program that I do. Uh, we will be starting a group coaching program here soon. We'll have another challenge coming into the holidays. Um, there's just infinite ways to expose yourself to the you know education and resources that I share, whether you need nutrition and 
physical wellness tips, or you really just need someone who can listen, who's relatable, who's putting, pushing out lots of encouraging, motivating, and inspiring content, hence the name of the podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've got for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this video series. Again, feel free to comment, like, share, um, you know, really just help me spread the word and yeah, the ripple effect guys. Remember that you are part of that ripple effect. The more that you dive into bettering yourself, the more that you're going to be able to impact and reach the lives of others. So that is all. And as always in Courtney fashion, peace out. See ya.